Welcome to the Rugged Possible Podcast, a lifestyle podcast where we have conversations about some of the biggest topics and challenges facing Christianity today. My desire is that you use these conversations to spark one of your own with somebody else, creating an atmosphere of openness and change that can all start through a conversation. For more information on the Rugged Gospel, visit us on our website at ruggedgospel.com and follow us on our social media at the Rugged Gospel. And with that, here's this week's episode. All right, welcome to another episode of the Rugged Gospel. Today, I am excited to have um, this guest with me. Um, I recently just got in touch with him. I have been listening to some of his music, which is really good. And I know we're going to get a little bit into that later on. But Laundry, thank you for being here today and uh, willing to come on the podcast, man. Oh, man, thanks for having me. It's an honor. And thank you, man. Thank you for making the time. If you don't mind, let's just get right into the podcast today. And Yeah, man. I guess my first question, something I usually ask everybody, um, to introduce yourself just a little bit to uh, the listeners, just so they can get to know you a little bit better if they don't um, know you already. Yeah. Um, so just tell us a little bit about you, about how you grew up, and you know anything else you want to include there. Sure, yeah. So my name is Landry Cantrell. Um, just start out with that. But I live in a small town in Central California called Hanford. And so if you don't know it, you probably just, there's no reason to know it unless, you know, like you live there or whatever. It's just a small town in the middle of a bunch of dairies. And, um, you know, I love it because it's home. And so my dad, he pastors a church out here and he's been pastoring for over 20 years. So most of my life and before that, it was my grandpa who was the pastor here. So I grew up as a pastor's kid um, in a small town. And um, my dad always ran a recording studio on the side. And so that was what kind of introduced me to production and writing and singing. And then he's a musician as well. And my mom was the choir director. And so growing up, small town, small church, um, pastor's kid, you're kind of thrust into the middle of all of that. And so um, I remember being six years old, singing my first solo in the kids choir and just really falling in love with music and singing. And, um, you know, as my relationship with Jesus began to develop as well, just kind of like a beautiful blend of all the things that I was passionate about um, came through whenever I started to write and create music of my own. And so that's a little bit about how I got started with music. Um, But beyond that, I have an amazing, beautiful wife named Kelsey. And um, her and I do the music now at that church that I was talking about growing up in. And we have one son who is two years old, just turned two years old, and is just the best little son I could have ever hoped for. And yeah, love my little family. But I guess that's like the basics um, about me. Yeah, and um, for everybody, like we were just, you know, we, we spent a little bit of time, you know, just talking to each other before yeah. uh, getting on a little bit about family and, and all of that. I was asking him, you know, how is it being a dad? Um, so it's it's different, but it's good. Yeah, it's very good. It's, you know, it's amazing. And the thing is, is that like, I think there's no amount of preparation that can actually prepare you for being you know a parent and so um it was just such a a brand new like uncharted territory for us and so it really took us a second to kind of like get a get a rhythm and to figure out 
how to operate with absolutely no sleep. But, um, you know, now that he's a little bit older and he's a little bit more independent and stuff, it's just so much fun. Like, it really is a lot of fun. I mean, I, I'm sure at the beginning is the hardest. Bro, the beginning is so tough because literally, like, you wake up, well, if you even got any sleep at all, like, you wake up on empty and you know that you have to, you know, take care of this little tiny baby that's relying on you with absolutely nothing to give because you're so exhausted. And then you go to sleep, if you can call it sleep, on empty again. And it's just a cycle that you see no end to um, when you're in the moment. You know what I mean? And so um, eventually it does end and the sun comes back out and everything like changes and it's all beautiful again. But like during that little time period where you're not sleeping, that's like a rough like that is rough for me it was anyways i'm sure it is um like i was saying earlier to you i was like i'll, I'll get to it when i when i have to <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's a, it's an amazing thing once you get there but like definitely like put some thought into it don't just like say like oh well, kids like frivolously and you know not be ready for that like you know it's it is definitely something that you're gonna have to invest your all in most definitely man um now, another question that I um, wanted to ask before we get into the conversation, um, I've been asking every, everybody this, uh, what's the best advice someone's ever given you? Okay, so um, that's a little bit of a tough question, but something that I've always heard my whole life, um, and my dad has always said it to us, and I think he heard it from his mentor, um, so I'm not exactly sure where the quote originates, but he, he's always told us when emotion runs high, reason runs low. And so basically he's saying that when you're in an emotional state, that your logical mind is not working at its full capacity. So don't make decisions on like emotional, if you're very emotional, um, avoid making decisions. And I think that's just a really, really smart piece of advice that you know i've held on to yeah and that's a really good one um and i fully agree i mean we make wrong decisions we're, we're in emotion we say the wrong things we mm -hmm. react the wrong way you know everything it's done true. in emotions can can go south very quickly um, it's very so true. i think it's it's super important man that you know that we let the emotions pass first mm -hmm. and then make a decision right but um absolutely um let's let's go in with the conversation man um yeah i, I know you just released a, a single not too long ago um called what he didn't do and i thought we would like go into yeah. that um topic a little bit because i think it's important okay. that we speak about it um yeah so i guess my first question to you man um what what is really like the story behind this song yeah so um, me and my co-writer, Jonathan Gamble, we had um, sat down to write and it was in the middle of COVID. And so all around us, there there was just so much, um, I mean, loss. People were experiencing loss like they had never experienced before. And um, it was kind of like an interesting time for me because I had just lost my grandmother but then my son was also just born. So it was just like very like happy, but you know, sad. So very bittersweet. Um, and then just, it was just like a common thread that we were seeing. Like everybody was just like hurting. Everybody was experiencing loss. 
and it was just very dark and a lot of people questioning God and questioning you know the goodness of God and losing faith and a lot of that I think was due to um, that season and you know just how could you allow these things to happen to me um, and so we just wanted to write a song that spoke to that spoke to that feeling and I think in a lot of ways we were speaking to ourselves too you know just to kind of like remind ourselves and encourage ourselves um, that God is is good no matter what no matter what our circumstances say God is always good yeah I agree and he is I mean uh, we're gonna get into a couple more of these things but sometimes you know we feel like he maybe is isn't there or isn't uh, listening right but um yeah I guess my next uh, my next question um, is I know sometimes we feel that way and do you feel like God always answers our prayers? So I think that God always answers our prayers. Um, someone may say, someone may disagree with me, but I think that a lot of times whenever we don't receive the answer that we want, we view that as though he didn't answer. You know, so I think that if we're just listening it to the voice of God and um, trying to be sensitive to that, we're going to we're going to realize that he's going to answer our prayer one way or another, whether that's yes, no or wait, like, you know. Um, but, yeah, I would say that God always answers our prayers. Yeah, I agree. It's like you said, like it usually feels like it's when it's a no, it usually feels like, oh, well, he's not with me he doesn't love me he doesn't you know uh, right. i feel like that's the normal reaction uh, as a human right and right but we don't know what's behind it we don't know why he said no right and right and so i i guess the next thing that i wanted to really go through like sometimes we have those feelings and and maybe we feel like he isn't there we we go through those lows of lives and and you know what are some steps that you would give somebody that maybe feels right now like there's no hope or how would you say like they can stay strong during you know that dark place yeah well i guess maybe let's start by kind of i I didn't even realize how this would tie in but the the quote when emotion runs high reason runs low um we could start there and know that like when you're feeling that um like you're going through that trial or that hard time um, our, our judgment is very, very clouded. Um, we're very emotional and our, our mind tends to run away from us. And, um, we, we start letting things, you know, creep in that aren't true. And that's like when the enemy likes to attack us because he knows that we're vulnerable. And so he likes to speak to our fears, our insecurities. Um, but I would say that just cling to the things that you know are true. Um, because while our emotions can change every single day or from minute to minute, you know, um, depending on whatever we're going through, the one thing that doesn't change is Jesus doesn't ever change. He's always the same and he always loves us. You know what I mean? And he, there is just constants. He's good and he's always watching out for us and he's never going to forsake us. And these are things that we know are promises. Um, so I would say cling to those things in, in that trial but also beyond that i think that it's so important to surround ourselves with people 
who we know love us and have our best interests at heart because I don't really believe that as Christians or humans, I guess, um, we were created to be alone. Um, even Adam in the garden, God gave him a companion right away. That was one of the first things that he did. And so I think it's so important to surround ourselves with people that love us uh, and find a community. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about church is that we have a community there. Like if you plug into a church, um, you have people that are going to be looking out for you and they're going to be able to love you and encourage you and counsel you um, whenever you can't see the problem because you're too in it. You know what I mean? Um, you can't see the bigger picture. And so I just think really like having that community, clinging to the truth of what you know God has promised you, and then having that community around you to reinforce and to help carry you whenever you don't feel like you have the strength to do it on your own. Yeah, two very good points. I mean, one thing, you know, we got to think, like you said, what to what we know is true. And I mean, we, we I'm sure that, yeah, we have lows in life, but we are also have had some highs. Um, mm-hmm. And we've also seen what God can do. Um, and a lot of the times we focus on what he didn't do right after, like when we were going through that, but go back mm-hmm. and see what he has done for you, what he has done for your family, you know, what he right. has done in your life and just see like, Hey, like he can't do it. Why, why is it that he didn't, right? There yeah. has to be something behind it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, community, I think it's so important. That's what the church is there for. Right. That's why. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be in community, like you mentioned, you know, with Adam and Eve, like he said, it's not good for men to be alone. Right. right. And and it's so true. Like we're not meant to do life on our own and, you know, isolated. We're meant to do it with people. Um, so I think it's so important, man. Um, now, you know, it, it, it comes to trust as well, I feel like. And oh, yeah, definitely. how can we still like. I guess, how can we still trust God even when he didn't do that something? Uh, when he didn't move that mountain or heal that someone or yeah. open up a door they needed opened? Yeah. And when the answer was no, like you were saying, like how can we still trust God even though he didn't do it? Well, that it, that is a, a tough subject, I would say. Um, but like just knowing that God is sovereign and that he always has our best, you know, on on his heart and that he has our, he's always looking out for us. But the, the tricky thing is that we don't get to exercise our trust unless it's something that we are uncomfortable with, or it's something that maybe we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. So like if God is going to like say yes to every single prayer that we pray, is that really trusting in him? Or are we just trusting in our own choices um, above him? And so I think the key thing here is whenever we have an opportunity to trust him, that's going to be when he says no. So like we really don't know if we trust God until these moments come where God says, no, like, trust me. And so I guess how we respond to the answer 
um, is really going to show us how much trust that we have in God and how much faith that we have in Him. It's true. Like, how, how can we learn to trust if there's not a season or if there's not a time where we are tested and yeah. where we are, you know, having to go through something? Yeah. To then be able to learn to trust Him. Yeah, we can say we trust God all day, but then if we don't have an opportunity to actually ever exercise that trust, mm. it's like, do you really trust Him? Or do you just like whenever He's, you know, answering your prayers the way that you think they should be answered? Then then I would say that you're trusting yourself over Him, you know? So just know, like just knowing God is, knowing God is sovereign and that He's always looking out for you, and that, you know, he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And so, like, knowing those things and um, just realizing that that is never going to change, regardless of what his choice is, um, whether he says yes, no, or wait, or um, he's always going to love you. And so, like, if if he did something that contradicted that, then he would be a liar. And we know he is not. So, like... Just like holding tight to to those things again, like going back to what we know is true, the promises that He has given us yeah. in His Word, and those things. That's that's really how we how we can learn to trust that's Him. True. I mean, I, I kind of was thinking too, like like I I guess you know there's timings for things too, and you know I was just while you were talking right now, I was just thinking about the story of like Joseph, right, and and all the things that he had to go through right yeah. um in different areas right he was thrown into the pit right. and then he became a slave you know and he had to go out through these mm-hmm. multiple different things to get to that the palace and to get to that place um and right so i feel like a lot of the times there's also a pro- like a process of things that we right. need to go through to get through what god wants us but if right. we just went straight to it and not learned anything along the way then we can't really, you know, be used at, at the best way that we can when we get there or, you know, um, even through life, through some tough situations, you know, sometimes we have to learn from those things, yeah. you know? Yeah, that makes me think of um, the life of David, who we know is the man after God's own heart. And if you look at David's life, there there's so much that we can learn Um, But like you said about Joseph, um, David was anointed king when he was very young. And he knew that he was going to be king while there was still another king on the throne. And so it would have been very easy for him to feel justified in just stepping into um, the anointing or the calling, um, the, the position that God had called him to, that he knew there was a promise that God had appointed him to, um, he could have in his human flesh felt justified taking the throne, you know, because Saul wasn't in his right mind. Saul wasn't a good king. Um, He wasn't being led by God anymore. So he could have thought like, this is the noble thing to do. But instead, David trusted God. And where did that lead him? That led him to being on the run for years and years and years mm-hmm. um you know no doubt wondering where his next meal was coming from living the, a life that is not one that you would associate with a king or god's anointed um but it was very important to god that when 
David was ready to step in to the appointment um, that God had called him to, that he was prepared and that he was ready and that everything, all the qualities in Saul that turned him into the mad king had been worked out of David in the wilderness when he was on the run. And so I think that was such an important thing. And had David got mad and said, God, like, what are you doing? I've been faithful because he had been. So he could have said that. Um, I've been faithful. You anointed me. This is a promise. He could have he could have got mad and he could have taken the throne. But then his story would have ended very much like Saul's ended. Saul was anointed. God chose Saul um, to be the king of his people. And um, Saul let his priorities, you know, get out of whack and um, his focus. And he became a mad king. Like he literally went crazy. And so I think God was trying to and successfully, um, you know, work out the same qualities in David so that when David, you know, had his his turn to serve, that he wouldn't end, end up like Saul. But it took David being willing to trust God and to allow that process to happen, um, you know, for it. To, to really have an effect on his life. Yeah. And just to, you know, just to add a little something to it, like, I feel like it's almost like we have to, like, I know we, we hear, like, about submission in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. but it's almost like also, you know, we have to submit to God's authority and, and God's choice right. for our life, right. you know, even even though we don't like it. Because yeah. a lot of things we don't like, but a lot of things we still have to submit and we still have yeah. to obey, it's right? True. Our authority, not only God's, but, you know, on our pastor and, and our leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And we have to submit even though we don't like it sometimes. Right. Um, so I feel like it's kind of the same way, you know, we have to submit to God's choices in our lives. Absolutely. Because, you know, his ways are better than our ways, right? And and we have to really go in and see that. And even though... We don't like it, even though it hurts a lot of the times, even though it's something that we don't like and it puts us maybe in in a little bit of a dark place. But God has something on the other side of it and, and right. he's teaching us something, you know. Right. And even if that something is so small as well, to, to us, we may think it's so small as just to make sure that our character is being shaped to be more like him. Um, I think that is so, so very important. And that's kind of something that, like, um, you know, inspired the song, What He Didn't Do As Well. Um, I talk a lot about Romans 8, 28 through 29 whenever I sing the song. Um, you know, we know that scripture, it says, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, and so we, we read that scripture a lot and we just see that first part and we're like, oh, all things work together for the good. And we're like, man, we're going to live this amazing life with no, with no tests and trials. But if we keep reading, it says, for those, God, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And we know if we look at the life of Jesus, that Jesus was beaten, he was crucified, he was abandoned. Um, and so... If 
all the things that we are going through in our lives are helping to shape us to be more like Jesus, then I would say that that is good, you know. And so just like in David's situation, everything that God put him through helped him to become the man that he was going to be whenever he was king. That was good. And so in our lives, we look at these little things that we face and encounter as trials, but really they're helping to shape us and to mold us. And God is, you know, working out these, these, you know, bad qualities in us and refining us um, so that when we are able to step into our appointment or our ministry or however you want to, you know, word that, that we're ready and that our motives are pure and that, you know, our character is pure and that, um, you know, all the things that are important to God are in order. And I think that's so yeah, important to so him. So true. Um, but now, man, um, let's let's move the conversation a little bit uh, uh, about, like, you know, your music and um, just the process and all of that of, of your music as well, because I do want to get into that a little bit, um, just so people kind of get, like, a, a little behind the scenes on some of your stuff. And um, so what what really made you go into, into music and, and songwriting? Yeah, so... I talked about it briefly um, in the beginning, but my dad, he always had a recording studio when I was growing up. So I was always exposed, you know, like singers coming through and musicians coming through, and he was always working on a project for somebody. And so that was very much a part of the culture of my life growing up. And then also, you know, I had mentioned growing up in a, in a church, being the pastor's kid, um, you're kind of thrust into the middle of a lot of things. So music and kids choir and then praise team and the choir and all that stuff um so as my love for music was developing um also my my love for writing and creative writing was developing like at school and stuff and so i would you know take a lot of time to write poems at school or write stories and um, I, I would always look forward to those assignments and just really put my all into them and so um my love for writing developing and my love for music developing kind of independently of one another. Um, and then whenever my dad was like upgrading some of his gear in his studio, he gave me some of his old stuff. Um, so that way I could have, you know, an opportunity to record and, and do whatever I wanted to do with it really. Um, and I started out by just using it to like, kind of like record like karaoke style songs and um, just kind of like sing and practice and that stuff. But then I got bored with that and, um, I wanted to create something of my own. And so in a natural way, like my love for creative writing and my love for music kind of like blended in that moment. And I, I started writing songs and writing songs and writing songs and writing tons of songs, um, writing a ton of horrible songs, just um, poorly written that no one was ever going to hear. Um, some that people have heard, but, you know, it is what it is. But... Um, yeah, man, that's kind of how I got into it, and that's kind of how I fell in love with the process. Yeah. Now, um, as far as, like, doing music and all of that, like, how long have you been uh, doing music and, and recording? And um, if you don't mind letting us know um, how many albums you've released so far, and and if you can mention just a, a bit on, on each one of them. Sure, yeah. Um, 
so I started writing and trying to, you know, develop that skill maybe maybe when I was 12. Um, I remember I, th I think that's kind of when I wrote my first song, you know, from start to finish. And I recorded a little demo of it and all of that. And it was seriously so embarrassing. But I was so proud of it at the time just because, you know, it was the first time I had ever done anything like that. So I started writing songs around 12 years old. And then whenever I was 14 like 14, 15, I think, um, I brought them to my dad and I was like, hey, like I have enough to record an album. And so I put out my first album when I was 15. Um, yeah, you won't find it anywhere. Um, it, no one's allowed to hear that. But um, I did do that and I sold it and I sang the songs around. And um, I mean who knows if they were lying to me but there were people that liked some of the songs on it um but you know there were people that really criticized it as well which i get because i probably would have done the same thing but as a 15 year old really like took a toll on me it like really affected me um and because i had written these songs in kind of like an innocent way just in my room like they were just my um it was kind of like a you know just like a pure communication with God of, you know, what I was going through or, you know, just like a worship song or whatever. Um, and so then you put it out there in the world and it, like it gets critiqued, um, which unfortunately is just the way that society works. And like we're all guilty of it. It's just human nature for some reason. Um, you know, it kind of like it kind of hurt me and it kind of like made me pause for a second. Um, but like my dad was just awesome and always encouraging me to you know keep going and keep pursuing it if it's something that i loved and my love and my passion for music outweighed my fear of criticism um and i think the the criticism so early on kind of like made me realize that like i don't want to listen to that voice and just to do music that is true to who i am and just to continue to you know, just make music that I loved. And so that's what I did. And um, I put another album out when I was 17, a couple years later. Um, and, you know, again, I was really proud of that one. But now you're not going to find it anywhere. I've removed it from streaming and every everywhere that you could find it. So if you're one of the lucky ones to have bought a physical copy back in the day, then you better, like, save that because you're not getting another one. But... Um, <laughs> Again, so same thing, and, and at that point, like, I was just, like, doing music because I just loved to do music, and I loved to create, and I loved to write, um, and so then after that, I just decided, like, I had a friend in town who was doing a praise and worship workshop with me for, sorry, for our church, and um, he was staying in the studio, and... Um, I was like, bro, we should just make a worship album. And so, like, that week we wrote a worship album, like, after hours. And um, I literally never recorded, like, a live band before, live musicians. I had only just programmed stuff at that point. And so I don't know why I thought that I could take that on. But I was, like, super, you know, ambitious and... Re recorded a worship album and I was like 18 um, 
again, a common thread is that it is not available for purchase anymore. <laughs> if somebody has it, they gotta but, upload um, it to YouTube or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, bro, please don't even don't don't encourage that. I'm sure someone has it. Um, and it, it wasn't so much the songs this time as it was like the quality of it that I was just really um, I didn't know what I was doing yet. So. Um, but like each experience is like helping to like shape and mold me and make me better each time. And so after that, I, um, so I graduated high school and then I decided like I wanted to pursue it professionally. And I, um, went to Berkeley, um, college of music, an online program for production. And, um, I finished a master's certificate program there. Took me three years and, um, was able to kind of like take all the like raw knowledge that I had gleaned through just kind of doing it and able to like actually you know fine-tune and learn how to do it correctly and then um, after that I put out an album called Daybreak which still is available online it is very close to being removed um, but um, there, there's like a couple songs on there that I salvage it for me. But there are some that I'm like cringing every time I hear like the intro. But um, anyways, we put that album out. I was 19. So I was just like dropping albums like every year when I was a kid. Just because I had the studio and the ability to do it, you know. And I had nothing else to do. So like I could just invest all my time into that. And then after that, I thought it would be super cool to write a musical and so not like only just write a musical but like record the soundtrack as well and sell the soundtrack um, whenever we did the shows of it and so I did that and I wrote a musical and we recorded the soundtrack and we sold the soundtrack at the show and it was super fun um that one was never available online, so I didn't have to pull that one down. But um, it's super fun, and it was just a cool experience to do, and I, I just did it because I wanted to. Um, then after that, so like all of that, all of those albums, I would say were like my training ground. And um, I was kind of like fine-tuning and learning. And my first like serious album I put out in 2014 um and that one is what was a self-titled album and i did that because it felt like my first album like as a serious artist um so that's like the one i claim as like my first like real album although the other ones definitely took a lot of time and work and effort um that one was my first album that i hired another producer to work on for me and um, someone else to mix it and someone else to do a lot of the tedious work for me. And so we did that one in 2014. And then um, I spent a few years writing music and then put another album out in 2017 called Projections. And then um, put another album out in 2020 called Glass House. And then now I'm slowly releasing my next album which i don't have a title for it yet but we've put out two songs so far source and what he didn't do and um my plan is that i'm going to just put each song out by itself and then at the end 
like I'll call it an album and just kind of like in a way to kind of put like bookends on the era for me the era of music the era of the season of my life that these songs represent and then yeah we'll see what happens from there but I mean you've been doing it for you've been doing it for a while now I mean I I feel like even when you were younger you know like you said it was like it's kind of like try and error you know you you do it you learn you do the next one better the next one better and then it just keeps right. going and it keeps getting better and better so I feel like you as a singer you know it's it's part of it right right I could say confidently that um, you know like the albums that I'm proud of would not exist without the albums that I'm embarrassed of um, so I had to do the work and put in that unfortunately I, I also released them publicly so a lot of people do that work behind the scenes um, but you know it is what it is and I can't be mad at my at my beginnings because that's what creates the end product that I'm, you know yeah I agree and I think that's the same for all of us you know whatever we're in or whatever we do we have to start somewhere and then progress and get better mm -hmm. um, so right. I, I guess one question that I had also um, what would you tell like a musician singer uh, that is just starting but they know that that's that's what yeah. they want to do what tips would you give them for sure so a couple things um, I would say like put in the work to develop your skill definitely um, you know a lot of times I'll have somebody come up to me and say like I wrote a song can you you know whatever produce it or whatever and I'm like yeah okay but like write another one and then write another one and then write another one and then write 50 more keep working on that skill like you know people a lot of times will be like I wrote a song and I'm like that's great like I love that and uh, I don't want to discount that song but I remember when I wrote a song too and I I know the difference between a song that I write now and a song that I wrote when I was 12 and so I'm not saying everybody has to start writing horrible horrible songs but you know I think there's something to be said about putting in the time if it's something that you're passionate about putting in the work to develop that skill set um, another thing that I would say is to and this is a tricky one and it's a it's a fragile balance but to not uh, to be aware of this uh, because we do it subconsciously not attach your self-worth to your art that you create um, a lot of times it's very easy to just if somebody criticizes your music you take it as a personal criticism on you as a as a person but i am not that song you know and not everybody has to like that song and that is something that is okay and i don't like every song that every single person puts out you know what i mean so i have to realize like and i don't it's not an attack at that person when i'm like oh i don't really care for that song i still love that person or if i know them or if i don't like it's not personal you know and so but if you reverse the roles it's really hard to see that clearly sometimes and here's why it's tricky because to create something that is genuine uh, we have to be emotionally invested in it and we have to be emotionally connected with it and so the fragile balance here is to be able to be emotionally connected with your song but to realize that it is not you and that it is not directly related to your self-worth and your value 
Um, and if we can figure out that balance or at least be aware of it, because if you're aware of it, then at least you're like looking out for the signs of it and you're able to kind of like pull yourself back center if you start feeling, you know, the way you felt when when you're attached too much to to the art that you create. I, I just think that that's a really important advice. And I think that I wish somebody would have told me that earlier. Yeah, I feel like it again, that goes for a lot of things, you know, in a lot of ministries. Yeah. I feel like we always kind of attach to our ministry and and if you know if we don't do good in part of the ministry we feel like that validates who we actually are right. or you know or our worth right. and I think it's super important that you mentioned that because you know like I said there's trial and error there's you know you, you become better with time and and you right. work on yourself so you know your ministry or or what you do is it's not what you're worth there's just two separate things right and right. Uh, look up to god for what you're worth right, right. and n- not what, what people are saying or people are commenting right so i think it's Absolutely. super important that you mention that um lastly man yeah. um before we go mm-hmm. um where can people find your music um and also where can people find you personally um on social media Oh yeah, you can just share with us. Um, so my music is available anywhere that you stream music or you purchase music, um, and honestly, like I think you can find it for free on YouTube. I think it's on there. So um, there's no excuse anymore to not go listen to a song. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of time, blood, sweat, and tears to put music out. And so, like, if there's an artist that you love, um, just you know take the extra second to go like check out their their work and i'm not even just saying for me i'm just saying in general like a psa like it doesn't take a lot and it's free essentially to listen to somebody's song um so yeah you can find it anywhere that you listen to music and except for those first albums you can't find those anywhere but um but um and then as far as where, where you can find my personal stuff it all my I believe that all my handles are just my name. So at Landry Cantrell um, on Instagram, Twitter, which I have never really been great at using. And then also Facebook. I think Facebook has a Landry Cantrell music at the end of it. But sounds good. Yeah, man. Um, For everybody that's that's listening, um, go ahead and check him out. Uh, Listen to his music, his latest... um, singles as well i know he's gonna probably be coming up with more music so be on the lookout for that um and again man uh thank you for making the time to be here with us today yeah of course man thank you so much for having me of course it was i think it was a really good conversation i know people are gonna get something out of it and um you know the last thing i would say was just you know keep on going um even when he doesn't do things even when the answer is no there's yeah there's something good at the end of it you know yeah you know and it's it's in the bible that you know of course there is a night but the sun comes in the morning right and and it's going to be another day a new day right um so just keep on the hope and absolutely keep on going and he sees what you cannot yeah agreed but again guys thank you for listening uh be on the lookout for the next couple episodes coming out as well and like always god bless thank you for listening to the rugged gospel i want to thank you all so much for all the stars and reviews and all your support this far. If you haven't, please leave us a review and a rating which helps the podcast grow and be more visible to people. 
Make sure to follow us on Instagram for all announcements and please comment. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, we're so excited to announce that we are now on YouTube. Please go and subscribe to the channel. The link will be listed below. Thank you all again and we'll see you on another episode of The Broken Gospel.